Welcome, everybody, to Who's Your Band? I am Jeffrey Paul. I am joined by Sean Morton. How are you, Sean? How are you, buddy? I'm, I'm feeling fantastic. I'm doing, doing good. I'm doing good. You know, I, I wish the Bills would have won today, but you know. yeah. But look, we had good shows this weekend. You know, you did well on your shows. I did well on my shows. That's all that matters. It's fun, and like I'm sorry, I missed last week's show. That I heard that was really good. People are talking about it. Uh yeah, a lot of people are saying it's a top five episode so far. Chauncey hated man. I wish I wish I was there for that. But you know, this week, this week, okay, this week. We're going to do something that, that that I love doing because I think of all the topics that we do, people love the top fives. And our show has, we just have had a knack of getting some really great drummers on this show. I yes. mean, we had Liberty DeVito. We had uh, uh, Jason Bittner. We had Frankie Bello, right? Well, Frankie Bello's a bass player, jackass. We well, had- if he played, you know, he's a rhythm guy, though. Okay. Oh, yeah, uh, just totally different. No, we also had Johnny Kelly from Johnny uh, Kelly. Johnny and, Kelly. Yeah. I was a yeah, current drummer in a Quiet Riot. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So we you know, we really did have like a lot of Chris uh, McCoy. Chris McCoy was on the show too. Chris McCoy is a keyboard player. Is stupid. Uh, <laughs> not the only one. Bing, bing, bing. All right, go to respective corners and come out fighting clean, boy. All right, Sean is in one corner. We got Jeffrey in the other. Come on, Thank now. You right. really got to stop doing that. Anyway, we didn't introduce you yet. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but this week we are going to we are going to talk drummers. And I couldn't think of a better guy to bring in because he's a comedian. He's a professional drummer himself. Let's introduce to the show. Frankie Hudek. Yes. How are you, Frank? Welcome. I know. Now you hear me. I can speak. I know. I just had to chime in because you guys were so cute together arguing like that. It was oh, so get used to it. We have 57 <laughs> more minutes to go. Oh, really? OK, well, this is going to be good. Then. All right. This is, this is the show. So this is what we thought we'd do today. I mean, no, and, and no, this is a Jeffrey, long time no, coming. Jeffrey. Yes, it's a long time coming. I thought what we do is we'll all throw out a drummer, okay? And we'll try and come up with our top five drummers. And this was more challenging than I thought it was going to be. I thought, you know, I, you know, I think for me, the top three came very easy. And then afterwards, it was almost impossible, you know, to eliminate certain guys and say that I couldn't put them in my top five. Uh, so let's uh, let's get it going, and you know, we'll start with. Um, but no, before we actually do that, Frankie, just give us a little bit about your background as a drummer. As a drummer, okay. Well, I started as a drummer to uh, to become the rock star, to play in Madison Square Garden. I played in a heavy metal band everywhere. My father's place, all these all these rock clubs back in the eighties, and uh, we weren't making. Nobody was making money, you know. Nobody. And if somebody told me how much they made in weddings, and I was like, "All right, see you guys later." <laughs> And there goes the rock dream, the little waltzes. So uh, I, I stayed in, in rock and, and doing weddings for a very long time and then comedy afterwards. Right. I, now I played uh, in high school. I, that's how I paid for my prom. I played in a Clash and Jam cover band called The Click, but not Click with a K at the end. Uh, click as in a click of friends. Do you get it? You know, there, we know what happens, Frank. Frankie, they're, they're, there comes a time where I think I can't hate Jeff more. Uh-huh. And then he'll throw out a little fact about his band name being called the click. I guarantee you they had headshots with him wearing a fucking beret. I guarantee <laughs> it. I guarantee it. This is more obnoxious than a beret. 
I would wear it like like a bandana, but I tied around my leg like Charles in charge. Oh my god! <laughs> oh. oh, like fuck, like the spring, the Springsteen "Born in the USA" cover. Doesn't he have that on the back of it? He has I think the he has the beret. Oh, no, beret. I think he has the <laughs> bandana in his back you pocket. Span, do you have spandex? Did you have spandex? No, I didn't. I wasn't. Well, come on, that was that was like <laughs> more hair metal because we're the click. Yo, we were outsiders, man. Right. We were outsiders. We weren't. We weren't playing cruel jeans and ripped out. Yeah, we were filled with angst. <laughs> oh, God. I think I'm having an eye stroke. That's possible. Yes, it is. Oh God! Well, <laughs> rub it, man. Rub it. Oh my Push God! It in. Push in and take your eye. Take the palm of your hand. Take your eyeball. Push that shit right until it comes out the back of your head and then pops out. It'll be fine. Sometimes, Sean, I would wear like a bandana. I'd wear a bandana on my around my head, and I had long hair. Well, I would do the bandana too because I would sweat on stage. But yeah, I just did it to be cool. Yeah, that. Oh God, if I can go, like, all right. So, here, me ask you a question. If you can go back in a time machine, like, say you're in Back to the Future, and mm. you're Doc Brown, you can go into a DeLorean. Like, what, what what period would you go back? Do you have a specific day? Like, some people would say, yeah, I would make sure Hitler was never born, or I would make sure, like, you know, 9-11 never happened. Like, what would be your day that you would go back in a time, in a time machine? When I got the chick after the gig, and the part was the wrong parking lot, when the... <laughs> So they knocked on the door. I'm, knocked on the window. <laughs> I should have chose another park lot. She was great. <laughs> what about you, Jeff? Oh, man. And you know, it's so funny. I was just on a, a podcast this week, and somebody asked me a question similar to that. And I would say the, the last time I would say I was truly, really happy was the, I, I got called to do film more uh, days of The Irishman. And I had just done... Frank, I don't know if you you knew I was in that. No, I, so I remember. You I remember. did. Okay, you, I wasn't you sure. told me about it and and how uh, what's his name was yelling at you. It was yeah, great. yeah, uh, Al, Al Pacino. <laughs> yeah, um, yes, it was. It, that was a lot of fun. Uh, I, I wasn't sure if you knew that I, that I had done that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, the problem is I don't bring it up on the show. That's you know right. I kind of try and I try and keep it like I don't want a lot of people to know, Frank. You know, I downplay. I downplay. You know. Um, I, no, but I would say, but I would say like that to me, that was like, you know, I get that call. I do um a Greenwich Village. I was doing a set at the at the Grizzly Pan. I remember just sitting on this stool and drinking uh, a scotch. And I'm thinking, man, th- I am at this point really happy. I was just I was just really happy with my life. So that's the day you would go back to? Yeah, that maybe. And also you know, the day my son was born. I would probably go back. You have to throw that in. Oh, that's a, well, it's an important day in your life. I, I would probably go back. I, I would have to track down the actual day. Like that's what I, that's the most important thing. I would have to find out the exact day. But I'm just going to guess that it's in the late 50s, maybe very early 60s when your parents met. And I would make sure that they never met. <laughs> oh, that way I wouldn't be here? Correct. No, I'd find a way. Let's and then I'd find my way no, to you, right Sean. Now. Let's go there right now. Let's go. Let's say, where were they? Come on, Sean. What were they doing? What did they, what's the story that they told you, Sean? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. His, I've never... Uh... You know what I think we should do? <laughs> I, scared me. I want you to understand that. I just got to... Okay. What? I think we should get... I think we should get this list started. 
Let's do it. I'm excited about this. So let's right. start with our guests first. So oh, what yes. we'll do, we'll, we'll go around and we'll build five. Okay. Now we're doing our favorites or who we think the best are. Is that what we're doing? I think our favorites, right? Because this is, again, yeah. this is extremely okay. subjective. Okay. Yeah. Okay? And then I'll chime in with some of the other picks that I have. Then. Okay. Because I, I, I have a few. I have a feeling that there's going to be two, possibly three, that we're all going to kind of agree on. Yeah. But, then, but you know, we'll throw them out as well. But then there are other guys we're going to want to fill in. And okay. And if we have some time, we can do some uh, honorable mentions. So, Frankie, throughout the first name, I'm going to keep track of the names. All right. I, I put Cozy Powell. Yeah, I saw him on on on, on some of those lists, and uh, yeah, he's he has a great Powell. history. But go ahead. He, he was he was a drummer in Rainbow. Yeah. The, the he was a power drummer. He and and that that sounded Ian Pace too. But it's just, just like I'm a power drummer kind of guy. Okay. All right. Uh, and John Bonham. Wait, no, no, we're going one at a time. But Fr- Frankie Hudek. Hey, okay. you know what? This... Listen, we can do we can do his top. No. Five and do okay. Five. No, let's 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 do. Well, okay. Since Frankie ruined it. Okay. I ruined it. My fangula ruined it. Nothing. <laughs> you ruined it. Go, ruined go, it. go Frank, five in a row. Five. You didn't say, Frankie, you, we're going to do one, and then I'm going <laughs> to go to Jeffrey and do one, and then I'm going to go to Sean and do another. You didn't tell me that when you when you told me There's this. There's a reason why I haven't contacted this guy in a couple of years. Okay, Frankie. Yes, sir. Good. Go, go. You got four more. All right. Well, it was John Bonham. John Bonham. Uh, well, you have to pick Bonham. Absolutely. Right. Uh, well, right. I don't know if you guys are you are you metal drummer guys or what's what's what yeah, mostly metal and rock, I would say. Okay. All right. So so Tommy Aldridge was another favorite drummer of mine. Yeah, great drummer. And recently this I went to see Sabbath. Recently? Yeah, not not too long ago. And their new drummer fucking blew me away, man. Tommy uh, Clufetos, you know who that is? Yes. Yeah, didn't he just play uh with Motley Crue? Oh. I'm, pro- I'm positive he played well, with he Molly. In, he he's, he's, been he's been filling in for Tommy Lee. So is that your fourth one? Yeah. What's uh, his name? No, no, not not really the fourth okay. one. No, it, it was just, just making an honorable mention. Yes, honorable mention. Okay. So right uh, now we got Cozy Powell, John Bonham, and Tommy Aldridge. Right. Keith Moon, of course, was a crazy. Yeah, uh, you gotta put Keith Moon in there. And Neil Pert. That's it. Hmm. All right. That's a good uh, list. Ginger Baker was in there too. I'm going to be like Sean. I got 18 of them. Okay, right. Right now, <laughs> I know what you mean, Sean. Right now, I got, I right right now we got your top five. Let's go to Sean top five, and right, then we'll go so my top five, and then we'll we'll start to narrow down the list. This All is right. how I I kind of uh, picked my list. I went with I I scanned my record collection because I have a thousand records, right? So I'm looking through my record collection, going in alphabetical order. I started throwing names out there, and then I said to myself, "Let me pick my five that are." My favorites in in a certain way because what, how I how I realize they're my favorite drummers is um, a lot of people know the definitive sound of a guitar player like you know Slash's sound you know Eddie Van Halen's sound and a lot of times the drummers are just part they're they are in the back and you don't hear them but there's a lot of drummers that I think have a very specific sound and makes the band that they're in. So that's kind of the list that I was going for. So uh, I'll go number five with uh, Joey Jordanson from Slipknot, uh, who when you hear him play, well, not anymore. He's gone now, but he was uh, he had probably one of the fastest double bases I've ever heard in my entire life. Uh, And a brilliant, brilliant writer, too. He wrote a lot of the songs. He's also in Murder Dolls, a couple of the bands like that. Uh, So I'm going to go with him at number five. 
Number four, uh, I know Jeff's going to have him on the list too. I think he's a grossly underrated drummer is Nico McBrain from Iron Maiden. Uh, he's I, might have been on my list. Sean. And that's mm-hmm. fine if you put him on the list, but I think he's a very, very underrated drummer. Uh, and Iron Maiden is a band, you know, I know that you're a favorite band, Jeff, and I will yep. on record and say this, like, even though they're a monstrous, monstrous band, right? I think they're one of the top five most underrated bands. I don't think they get the recognition that they ever deserve. Um, Great. You know, I just amazing. Uh, so I'm going to go with that was number four. Uh, number three. I'm going to go with uh, a band that uh, me and Jeff are going to see in August. Although that drummer will not be there. Uh, we're going to see Pantera and I'm going with Vinnie mm. Paul at number three. The good one. Vinnie had a very, very, very deep, uh, heavy hitting sound. And I was, oh, that again, one of the first songs I had heard from Pantera um, was Walk. And it's just a basic fill beat and stuff like that. But then I started hearing other songs like Fucking Hostile and all these really, really fast intro songs. Dude is a monster. He's an absolute monster. Uh, I, I wish that they obviously would be playing with Pantera uh, in August, but we're not going to be that lucky unless, you know, there's two more bullets. But uh, that's my number three. Uh, number two is. <sighs> I might change this. I might change my number two. Actually, I'm not. I'm not going to change my number two. I'm going to go with uh, Taylor Hawkins from the Foo Fighters. Mm-hmm. Now, people always say, uh, oh, my God, Dave Grohl is one, you know, one of the most brilliant drummers of all time. He's a great drummer. But if you really look at it, he's only really drummed on four records that were really big. I mean, he's done some other stuff too, but like he only did the first Foo Fighters record. That was all him. And then the rest of it was Taylor Hawkins. I mean, he's played drums with like Queens of the Stone Age, that stuff like that. But uh, known more as the drummer for Nirvana, only did three records with Nirvana. And oh, I'm sorry. I'm not, I, I tailed off. I tailed off a little bit. I'm sorry. So yeah, I, I was going to say that um, Dave Grohl was a better drummer in the, in the Foo Fighters, but you really can't. I think Taylor Hawkins' style changed the sound of that band completely because the first album, uh, again, is just Roll looked up to him as a as a drummer. He he didn't even think that, that that he would even join the band, right? And he played for Alanis Morissette before he joined, right? You know, but he wanted to be in a rock band. So what better person to be in a rock band with is the guy from Nirvana. Yeah, but my favorite drummer of all time, and I don't think anybody's going to know. You guys are definitely not going to know who this is. Actually, Frankie might if he's more of a metal guy, too. Uh, Reason I picked this guy is his sound defined two of my favorite bands. I'm going with Salah Briscato from Life of Agony slash Typo Negative. So he started off in Typo Negative, and it's a very deep, brooding, just heavy dark demonic kind of playing sound and then he goes from that going into life of agony as uh just kind of like a fill-in player because they're they had like drummer issues he recorded their record and his drumming is such an integral part of that amazing first record and uh for me it's all about the sound of a drummer. I think it's like I said, when you play guitar, you have special tones, you have guitar pedals, you have effects, all that kind of stuff, your amps, your guitars, everything that makes that combo 
makes your sound. With the drummer, the same thing, and people don't give it a lot of recognition. So uh, Sal, for me, stands out, even though he's a kind of a shitty person. But <laughs> why is he a shitty person? Um, so, like, I, you know, my favorite band is Life of Agony, and, and I've told you about this, and their singer went from being a man to being a trans woman, and he basically quit the band because he was like, yeah, my singer became a fucking chick. <laughs> you know, and, it, you know, it just didn't sit oh. well. I guess he's more of an old school kind Run of guy. The band. Yeah, yeah, but now they're better than ever, so it's his right. loss. All right, Jeffrey. Okay, so Jeffrey! You guys, let's see you, Jeff. Well, you guys, between the two of you, you poached a good part of my list. Okay. So uh, I'm going I'm going to have to go with some alternatives here, but I'm happy with them because you didn't take my one of my top three, and then we can then we can re rank. Okay, yeah. so I'm going to go with number five being Laws Aldrich from uh, Metallica. Okay. Um, I didn't even have him on my 18. How horrible is that? That's pretty horrible because, I mean, he's a great drummer. He uses, yeah. like, two bass drums, great technique. You, you know, you were talking about uh, drummers that have recognizable style. He's definitely a guy who has recognizable style. He's oh, a yeah. fast player, uh, plays these complex drum patterns. Um, and if you really want an example of that, check out a song like Battery, okay? I yeah. think that really exemplifies, you know, who Lars Aldrich was. Um, another guy I have on my list, number four. Um, this guy influenced uh John Bonham, um, and that's going to be uh Carmine Apathy. I have that one too. You got you, you yeah, I'm figured it. I mean, you know him maybe because he started his career with um, with a uh, vanilla fudge 60s band. I was going to start off with that one, actually, Jeffrey, uh, because yeah, he's sick. the one, he's the one that 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 I f- first. Got you into drumming, right? Got me into drumming. Yeah. And then I went to meet him at a Sam Ash drum seminar. It was the greatest fucking thing in the world. What was he like? He was unbelievable. And now I know him personally. I met him, you know, I know him personally. So that I I I I brought the magazine that I bought at Sam Ash that day and I said to do me a favor. So he goes, Oh my God, Drum World magazine. I never had that's an old one. That's from Japan. And he signed it. It was cool, cool. I mean, like we we know him from Vanilla Fudge, but you know, he also made a lot of money and played a lot of years with Rod Stewart. He, I think he wrote. Um, do you yeah, think Beck I'm Bogart sexy? Beck Bogart, that was the band. My brother turned me on to Jeff Beck, Tim Bogart, and, and that's right. And he played with Jeff. But he, you know, later on he also plays, and his brother as well. They both wind up playing with uh, Sabbath and Dio. Right, right. Uh, both of them did. Um, I don't know. And he also played. I didn't know this. He played on uh, Pink Floyd's "Momentary Lapse of Reason," which is a pretty good album. It's a great album. Okay. So I, I kind of like, you know, just we talk about early influences. You know, for me, I remember, you know, playing, I, you know, just his use of, of a hi hat. Re- so I'm going to put Tom, uh, Carmine Apathy in my number four. You know, um, you know my, what I like about Carmine? If we, can I say yeah, that? Yeah, of course. When when he first did the, he, when he did a, a, a drum set and then, it, and then he choked the thing and, he, and he, he grabbed the fucking thing like he was like tackling somebody and he got up and his hair went all over. We need that choke on the cymbal. That, I was like, this guy's cool. And then like, like, like an animal on, on those he had, he had the big Fu Manchu mustache. <laughs> and you know and what he had? Fro. When I saw him, when it just came out for all the drummers, they were like, and this is the new Simmons drum that oct- you remember the Simmons that just made one sound. Doo, doo, <laughs> pew, pew. So like he's doing a drum solo at the seminar and he's going. <laughs> and that was supposed to sell the Simmons because it was like sponsored by Simmons at Sam Ash Music Store. And his brother was really just as good. 
Oh, I love his brother. Vinny Epstein was really yeah, this, good too. This is the this is the thing is because Carmine was the first, and and then then when it, when Vinny Epstein came around, you know, you know, you have that in your head. It's like, oh, the little brother, you know, oh, you can't go. And then you hear him, and you're like, oh my god, this guy's this guy's. It's like a toss up, you know. It's like crazy. They're they got their own individuality, but they're both powerful. They are, and so speaking of Vinny Epstein, he replaced my number three guy in Sabbath, which uh, is Bill Ward. Uh-huh. Okay, Sabbath. I mean, the guy is self-port. Um, and if you look at his influences, he was influenced by Jim Capaldi. He was in- influenced by um, Gene Krupa as well. Um, he had an innovative use of like floor toms. And if you listen to like, I don't, I love Sabbath and a song like Fairies Wear Boots, right? Mm-hmm. He has like, if you listen to his drumming, it's almost like a jazz type of sound, mm-hmm. you know, in, in, in that song. Big time. Big you know, really very underrated drumming. You know, he also played with power. Um, I think Frankie, you probably know this uh, better than Sean and I, but as drummers get older, it's, it's, pro- it's probably harder to stay on and be as an effective drummer. And that became the problem with Bill Ward, his hands, he aged, you know, he, you know, you get, you get, you get aches and pains in your, in your knees and your elbows well, and your wrists. It's a lot of endurance too. man. If you exactly. It depends what kind of the genre is. If it's all, it's, Constantly fast, you got to be like, she win. Well, did you hear what happened over the weekend with Stephen? All uh, what's his name? Who's the, who's the what's his name? Steve Adler. Oh, yeah. Okay. So he's 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 playing a show, and I heard his set was great. And you know, two songs into the set, um, he steps off the uh, drum riser and goes over to the singer and asks uh, the singer to play patience. They move patience up in the set, right. and. Uh, because that song has no no drums, right? Uh, he and he needed to just like take a, a a hit off of his inhaler because I don't know if he had COVID at some time, but he just had a hard time breathing. You know, you talk about you talk about stamina and pace. You know, because he, he had he had been sick a little bit. You know, and then they, you know was able to like regroup himself and then continue on with the show. But it, from what I understood, it sounded like he was gonna like you know that was gonna be it. Two songs in, he's gonna he's done. Yeah, like you're saying about Bill Ward, it, it takes a lot. It takes a lot, especially if you have power hitting and you and you got speed going on, and you got to keep the and t- especially the songs that Sabbath do. Yeah, you know, right. I always used to say, man, the the guitar players got it easy for when the gig is over. They just pull the they pull the plug out and they wrap their guitar and they're hanging out with the girls at the bar. The drummer's still taking the cymbals off and breaking down the everything, you know. Now, Sean, you scared me when what? you when you were going to list your number one because I thought you were going to poach one of my guys here. Really? Yeah. And the guy is Danny Carey. He's the drummer for Tool. Um, He's on my list, Jeffrey. He he is a combination of Bonham and uh, Bill Bruford, you know, who's a a progressive drummer, you know, and he started as a a jazz drummer. But if you listen to songs like Schism and, you know, it's such a fucking great song. But 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 just like the timing and the off beats on these songs. I mean, they are almost a, an impossible band to replicate. You can't, you can't replicate them. And that's one of the reasons why I always like had this. I love tool. I absolutely love them, but I also hate them as much as I love them. Why? why? why the hate? So fucking ri- ridiculously talented. They they're, are they're so different than so talented. Like, and like you said, as a musician, like you would look at some of the time structures that they're playing and all they're all over the place. Their tunes are all over the place, but you can't, beat them like go to a show and i saw them like i think 
three or four years ago, the last tour they were on, I saw them in uh, at the Prudential Center. The great thing about that show, no one stood up. Everybody was sat down and was focused, like laser focused watching the band playing. Because like at 20,000 people, you had to have 14,000 musicians at that show. Would you say they're kind of like a band like the way Dream Theater, you know, could be like a band like you look at them as technical, great musicians. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I have. I'm, I'm just gonna just jump in. I have Mike Portnoy on this on this list of all the other drummers that mm-hmm. I. Uh, he's he's a ridiculous drummer. Dream Theater was one of those bands too. Again, you would go and see them perform, and say if it held a thousand people, there's only going to be like 950 dudes there. <laughs> and chicks. but out of those right. 950 dudes you got to have about 800 musicians at that show just focused on there i turned my head one time and i was like wow that's a wicked solo and i see petrucci's not even on the stage and jordan rudis is playing the freaking keyboards and sounds like a goddamn guitar player and i'm like this band is just out of this fucking world and now poor noise playing in one of my uh one of my favorite new bands of the last 10 years the winery dogs winery dogs they have a new album coming out in february next month i'm going to see them next month yeah what, what's the song i think is it oh is it something a like, new album yeah Zan- it's a cool Zanadu. Zanadu. that is a really, really good. good song where are they gonna really be good song? what's that where are they gonna be uh starland ballroom in sayerville oh, you got tickets you going? i have tickets february 23rd good man yeah i think you can always count on Sean to catch these shows Mm-hmm. Um, and, okay, so then my number one, and then we could, then we could st- try and pare down our lists. Yeah. Um, again, Jeffrey was Lars Carmine, Lars Carmine, Bill Ward, yep, and Danny Carey from Tool. Okay. And so my number one on my list right here for now is Stuart Copeland from The Police. Oh, and, I had him on his list too. Even as a kid, man, like I just remember how ridiculous he was. You know, think about all the genres that are that are kind of mixed between reggae jazz rock his drumming is as important to the police sound as sting is to the, the police um he would do like this drag with the hi-hat you were talking about guys who go over the top you know absolutely going over the top he would do this drag that's you know you know what i mean huh. um two songs that really stood out that i wrote was every breath you take and driven to tears Okay, where you where it's really the, the standout sound. Um, he would play with songs again. Like any song, he would do anything that was not typical of either a two four beat or a four four beat. Yeah, everything had to be off. Hmm. Oh yeah, he's an amazing. Like if you ever see some of these shows, I, I forgot what it was. A documentary he was just on. And I think it was about um, the LA sound or something like that. And he just started playing these fills, right, and. I, I'm I'm not a drum solo guy. Like I'm I, I'm not a guitar solo guy either. I just I think they're kind of obnoxious, right? But I could watch him play by himself for hours. Yeah, he's so yeah. fucking fluid. I love it. He's pretty entertaining. All right, so now let's let's start thinking about putting a list together. I, I think on everyone has to go with John Bonham, right? He's ridiculously yeah. powerful, fast exactly. uh, between. <laughs> Can you think of any other drummer, any other drummer really playing when the levee breaks or the rover? No, because there was nobody around like him at that point. And I think one of the things I I would say personally, if you go to pick the best drummer of all time, I'm going to say it's John Bonham. I think he just influenced so many people on so many different levels between metal and rock, uh, even going into country. I mean, 
by far, no one could touch him. You know, it, it, it's so funny that you mentioned that. Yeah, I, I was just thinking uh, he's powerful. But also, when you talk about like off time, uh, mm-hmm. what's the song? Um, it's it's off of Zeppelin's. Um, uh, oh, it, it's off of the last uh, album, the last album that they recorded, the one that's in the evening. Uh, oh. Yeah. Oh, now, Coda was was a mixture of stuff uh, in through the outdoor. Okay. And, and what's that sort of like? Uh, Fool in the Rain. That's a good song. Okay. I mean, but think about like how off the beats are in that song. And then when you kind of like juxtapose it with uh, the opening track was in the evening and just how hard he's playing that. Like you could feel him going through the skins on that. I mean, you know, and bottom is incredible. You got that big drum set, so you got to hit whack that thing, man. You know, you know. Oh yeah, he's got a big. He's got a big twenty-six inch kick drum, a uh, big toms monster. You got to pound that to get that sound like the caveman, like he was. You know, but he could have played on a five-piece set and still sounded incredible. I know, but we were talking about the sound too. Remember, like each drum has its own sound, so he chose to have those big cannon, that big cannon sound, the timpani sound that he he liked big and. And he's also kind of like the, the I, I guess you have to say, he's kind of like the father of the drum solo in Moby Dick, right? Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, I, John Bonham's an easy one. I think another guy you have to put up there, even though you hate him, Sean, you hate the band, Neil Peart. Oh, okay. I had him on the list. I, I mean, I anytime you guys mentioned a drummer, I took him off this extras list that I have. But yeah, <laughs> Neil Peart is, is ridiculous. And yeah. I, I don't I, I don't hate Rush. OK, let me just get this. I, I say it a lot, but I'm just not into them. I just don't get it. I like if you gave me their greatest hits, I might play it. But like I, I don't go deep into it. I know so many people, I mean, worship this band. They're stupid. Good. Neil Peart was a ridiculous drummer. I can't never say that, but just not my thing. I mean, Frankie was talking about Bonham having a big kit. Did you ever see what Neil Peart's drum kit looked like? It looked yeah. like it looked like a freaking can I share, spaceship. Can I share a picture, or no? Yeah, uh, is this host disabled? Just one screen share. Okay, all right. Sorry. Okay. Hey, why, why are you doing that? You know, um, yeah. I mean, he was mind-blowingly technical. Um, again, huge kit. You know, he had like a mixture of like acoustic drums and electric drums. And if you just and, just like listen to songs like Xanadu, uh, Tom Sawyer, the fills on Tom Sawyer, you know, everything on 2112, which is, you know, in my top 10 albums of all time. Um, just insane. I think you go, you can make an argument for either bottom or perp being, you know, number ones. You find what you're looking for, Frank? Yeah, I still, I still would go with, uh, with bottom. With bottom. Over, okay. Now it gets a little trickier. And, now we, ha- hey, what happened to Frank? Oh, there he is! Wow, that's a that's a shot right there. That's a kit, right? Yeah, Look it's at- obnoxious. <laughs> but, you, but you, but you could see, you could see like the electronic drums. You could see right. the, the the acoustic. It looks like he has like one, two, three separate kits right there. Almost <sighs> four, four with the, with the electric uh, drums, right? You know what's scary is that like you know he does not put his kit together. Right. So like this is a guy who is a multimillionaire and he's a, in one of the biggest bands of all time. And he has three 
uh, roadies that are just putting that kid together. But the fucked up thing is sometimes drummers get a little obnoxious and make those big kits. So it really sucks when you're going to like a local Jersey show and you want to see a friend's band and they bring out like a 19 piece kit and take five minutes to set them up. That's crazy. You can't do you can't do that all the time. Maybe it's if it's a special show, you know, special. Right, right. Frankie, go back to the uh, bottom shot. Bottom shot. All right. Look at bottom. Yeah. Look at him, man. I mean, the guy died when he was 32 years old. Can you imagine what he would have accomplished? Oh, my God. Yeah. And, and considering that he looks like he's about 55 in that picture. Here's another yeah, yeah. I'll share this one. Check this out. This one. There we go. There we Look, go. Yeah. Hardcore drinker. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. That's and, you what, know, uh, when I told you before about uh, Carmine, and 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 there was one more that I, I didn't mention was Ginger Baker, which I was younger. My brother turned me on to some of the souls. He was a whack job, man. He was a whack job on the drums. Man. You ever hear the souls? Ginger oh, Baker, sure. Cream. Oh my God! I mean, phenomenal drummer. There he is. Yep. And this look at him. <laughs> look at him. Cigarette. He had he had muscles. You know, um, his cigarette but, going crazy. You know. Hey, you my, my camera i have a new camera it's a logitech camera and this uh, somehow with the new mac it gets a digital digital like max headroom like digital. so if you see that don't worry about it it's, it's a, a new mac not working correctly with old gear you know there was another guy who you had mentioned uh frankie but i didn't put him on the list either was you know ian pace um from yeah. deep purple uh the one thing about him you know he played on every deep purple album he's self-taught and if you listen to a song like Perfect Strangers, you oh. how can you almost like feel like you want to play along with that? You know, it's so cool. And another guy who's influenced by Gene Krupa and uh, Buddy Rich. All right. So we got, I think we can easily agree on Bonham and Pert. So now let's let, let's add like uh, three, drummer number three. And would you just say Keith Moon? Yeah, I, I was going to, I was going to jump in before you said that. I think Keith Moon is a definite solid number three. I, I agree with you, Sean. Um, I mean, are there, are there, look, look, look at it. That is that is quintessential Keith Moon. That oh, is yeah. his personality, and that's the way he played. <laughs> right? He yeah. was 19 years old in that picture. Oh my God! No, he, he wasn't. <laughs> I could almost believe it because because he was such a madman. But can you imagine any other drummer playing uh, uh, the fill in "We Won't Get Fooled Again" or Barbara O'Reilly? No, not at all. No, I mean, you know, there's we have some major names that we did not even pick, and I I, 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 throw a couple of them out there. So you know, not even on my list. It just popped into my head. Alex Van Halen. Yeah, yeah. How did that not come? How did that not? I I considered him, but I mean, I I I couldn't go crazy like you and go eighteen. I try. I put ten and said I could. I could maybe pick uh, half of these guys, you know, on it, and you know, use it as a. Some of them as a backup or honorable mention, but yeah, Al Van Halen, signature sound, extremely underrated uh, drama. You know, especially later in his career, he had that uh, he had a very different sound than he did at the beginning with uh, right. with what's his name with uh, Hagar. Absolutely, two different bands, two totally different bands. But even his drumming sound was was different. It almost yeah. sounded like a knock the way he was playing. Yeah. You know, um, you you had mentioned uh, Nico McBrain. Yeah. And I almost want to make an argument for him as, as number four. You know, one thing about him is, is he's not the original drummer in Iron Maiden. A lot of people don't realize right. that. Okay? Yeah. He is the second drummer. Um, he spent over four decades with uh, 
with Maiden. It makes up probably one of the best r- rhythm sections uh, in rock history with uh, Steve Harris. But you know the thing about Ma- uh, about Maiden, and maybe because it just appeals to me, they had that like signature gallop sound, like you know, yeah. like, right? Like even whether it be whether it be Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner or um, Flight of Vickers that. I'll do it right, I'll do it right for you right now. There you go. Yeah. And he 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 played and the thing is he played a a barefoot single bass. If you ever look at he did, he play he plays barefoot. If you ever see him. And, and the thing is, you go on YouTube, there are tons of videos of him and the, the point of view shot of behind, so you can really see him play. Easy. Really, is great. He was a lot more than just keeping nice time. He was a guy, you know, who really like helped make a, you know, made and sound like what what they actually became. Mm. It's a great, it's a great way of saying um, when you take a uh, a certain member out of a band and you can replace them and they still sound the they sound the same. It's a little weird for me. Like if you took out Nico McBrain right now and put a different drummer in, I would never listen to Iron Maiden ever again, because that's like kind of the the sum of all parts. You know what I mean? Like you take that one part out, that whole band's dynamic is completely different. I think, I think it's, it's true with with a bunch of things with Maiden. I think with Maiden, Nico McBrain's drumming, but you can't get you. What's Maiden without Steve Harris on bass. Right. Exactly. Um, Dave Smith. Murray, insane guitar player. Those those leaders and and Adrian Smith, you know, just just complement each. They complement each other the way uh, I know you hate this band, but the way Don Felder and the way uh, uh, what's his name, uh, Joel Walsh. Oh, I don't played. hate the Eagles. I love the Eagles. Oh, I, th- I thought you hated the Eagles. Oh, I love the Eagles. They're a great band. Great band. I, but, and you, t- I'm just talking about bands also with two two guys who were just insanely great guitarists. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think that's one of them. I think that's you see that in in Maiden, and I love Dickinson. I, I could talk Maiden all day, but <laughs> so l- let's consider um, Nico McBrain as a possible uh, guy on. I don't this have list. a problem with that. I don't want to lock it in yet. Okay, I'm just going to put a little star next to him, and then let me bring up Stuart Copeland again. What do you guys think about him? I think Stuart definitely over Nico. I will. What say do you think, Frankie Copeland. Hudek? It's different, you know. I, I'm I'm a heavier guy, you know. I love I love Stuart Copeland. I love his his synchronicity with a lot of different things that that is syncopation. I mean, uh, he's great, but I, it's like Nico is. You know, I'm just a metal guy like that. I'm sorry. Listen, I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem with it. So it's going to be two against one. But I'll, I'll flip a coin. You want to put Nico in? Go for it. I'm no. I'm going to put a little star next to him too. I want to get someone who we all could kind of like agree upon. So let me throw this guy out to you too, Danny Carey. I'll put Dan. I'll 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 co-sign for Danny Carey. What about you, Frankie? Are uh, we a Tool fan? Not really. Okay, I'm going to put a, sign, a little star next to him too. How um, about how about one that wasn't on the list that I think should have been on the list who was grossly underrated? And Charlie Watts from the Rolling Stones. Great drummer, man. He's also extremely underrated. You know, we we did a show here where we talked about uh, when he passed. We did a tribute show to him. Yep. And yeah, you, you know, you, you don't realize what he really brought to the Stones, you know, and just the way he would he would play and with his like, you know, just, just like the off off like that that millisecond offbeat with the um with with the, with the 
a bass uh, drum. You know, he he had a, a distinct way of playing. Um, what do you think about Charlie Watts? I it's, to me not not I, I love them keeping great timing and everything, but to me it was just like simplicity to for the music and for what he did but it's like it's somebody that i want to achieve to be like a drummer it wouldn't be charlie watts it would be such a good drum machine okay how about carmine apathy oh you're talking we about- all, we'll go with carmine apathy I, I would i wouldn't put i wouldn't say that okay absolutely not all right so i'm going to take him off the list you can take that off all right um what about ringo star <laughs> no one mentioned ringo star either you know what when you i read a bunch of lists and I was amazed at how high Ringo Starr was on these lists. He was in the top 20 of every list I, I read. You know, oh, and, I know. No one and that knock on him, you know, it's kind of like it's, it's kind of like when like someone would hack would say, you know, Nickelback sucks. Well, they don't suck. You know, they have a bunch of really good songs. And it's just kind of like a fashionable thing. that seems to say that Nickelback sucks. They don't suck. Ringo Starr doesn't suck. And he can play. Well, you know what it's like? It's like you have this greatest band of all time. There's never going to be a band greater than the Beatles. Correct. And they have the greatest songwriting team of all Correct. time with between, you know, McCartney and Lennon. Of course, George Harrison and Ringo Starr are always going to be pushed to the side, even though they're phenomenal drummer and a phenomenal guitar player. You're always it's it's kind of Jeff, you know, what it's like. When you when you become a better comic, right? I knew he was and, going there. Well, when you when you become a better comic, and like people are like, <laughs> wow, he's getting good, and then you're like, and now your headliner Sean Moore. When I go up, and it's like you look at me on the stage, and you're like, wow, I still have a long way to go, and I understand why yeah. certain people get pushed into the spotlight, and certain people, you know, are the openers. That's that, that that's what it's like. Yes, it's exactly it's exactly like that. Yeah, yeah. I, you know what? I never saw it that way, but that's a very good comparison. That's a good analogy. Okay, it is a good it is a good analogy. Um, okay, uh, we got, we got to make some decisions here. So, I'm cool with putting Stuart Copeland number four. I just you, you know the guy also um, does movie soundtracks. I don't know if that that moves the needle at all, but it, I'm just thinking like. We have three guys. What are we basing that, the decision on? Like besides, you know, uh, the sound, uh, their solo. If you, you know, uh, you, you, I can think you, you say admire, you admire them too. I think sound. I think uh, longevity. I think. I also think complexity. I mean, guys who are kind of like hard to replicate. Hmm. I mean, I, I think if you take a guy like like who Sean brought up, Mike Portnoy, I think you put him in any of these bands, he can play like everybody. He's great. He's yeah. a great, great drummer. But these guys started it. These are the innovators. You know? Yeah. So, and I'll, I'll, that. So we're going to take out I'll the other you, I'll, 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 <laughs> I'll even say, I'll throw out there and say, I'll if I don't do Stuart Copeland at four, I have no problem putting Lars Ulrich at number four. What do you think, uh, Frankie Hudek? I'm good with that. All right, let's go put Lars Ulrich at number four. And fight for the last one. We just got to fight for the last one. Okay, so now the last one. This is who we have. We're considering. And the more I'm thinking about it, because I almost oh man, there are two. There are two guys, almost three. What is it? I, 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 Cozy Powell because of just man, he's been in every. Did he also started? In, he also was like original member, I believe, of Bad Company. You know, um, there he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, played with with everybody, but I nice nice shot. Yeah, that's a good one right there. 
Uh, I'm also thinking Vinnie Paul a lot and Taylor Hawkins, even though I didn't have him in even in my top 10. But he is a great drummer. And, you know, it's someone from this era as well. Not that long. I, I think we do need somebody. I think I think you just made a great point. I think we have to represent somebody from a newer generation, too. I think everybody that we're talked about is between 1970 and 83. So I think maybe somebody in, in this millennium can do that. I'll go. I'll, I'll, I'll back Taylor Hawkins. I would either say Hawkins or Dave Grohl. What do you what do you think, Frankie Hudak? Yeah. Uh hmm. I'll go Hawkins, I guess. Hawkins. Yeah. I mean, the only reason why I'm thinking Grohl, I mean, Nirvana, mm-hmm. he played everything on the first uh Foo Fighters album. I don't know if you ever, you know, heard him play in um Queens of the Stone Age, you know. And the song uh, No One Knows is really yep. great, great uh, playing. And he played in them Crooked Vultures. Yeah. Um, but I'll go I'll go Taylor Hawkins. I'll go Taylor Hawkins. I can, I can deal with that. I can deal with that. All right. So this is, so guys, guys playing at home, you know, listen, when this comes out in, <laughs> in the comments, if you, you could put your list, you know, we'd love to hear it. Um, we're going. This and our crack, our crack uh, panel here. We're oh, gonna go. We're gonna get that to you right now, folks. We're gonna go. Taylor Hawkins number five, mm-hmm. Lars Ulrich number four, Keith Moon number three, Neil Pert number two, and John Bonham number one. I think oh. the only hate we'll get is probably Taylor Hawkins. I think everybody else will will kind of agree with that. That list is pretty solid. All right, we'll switch it with Cozy Powell then, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think a lot, you know. We'll take him out. We'll take him today don't have like a Cozy like, Powell, all right? People today don't have like a sense of history. Like if you talk to high school kids, yeah, they don't some know. of them don't even know who Dave Chappelle is. Mm. I mean, it, I mean, and, and that's like a pretty current guy. And like we, we will put him, you know, some of us will put him on a Mount Rushmore of comedians. Yeah, I get that. I mean, again, he, you're right, though. I mean, people are, are they don't believe in looking backwards. I, I, I mentioned this story the other day. It was like uh, we used to go to, this, uh, to Montreal every year. And there's this great, great, great rock club called Fufun Electrique. So it's like downstairs, it's like a regular bar. And then you go upstairs, they would play bands and stuff like big bands. Motorheads played there, Overkill, all these big bands. But they do like DJs and stuff. And it was, I'll never forget, I was, about 15 years ago and I'm sitting on the stage and they started playing Avenged Sevenfold and I heard this kid go, oh, what the fuck is this classic rock night? <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to punch this kid in the face so bad. Like it was, I, I looked at my friend and he heard the same thing. We're like, fuck this. I just walked away. <laughs> so Frank, so Frank is trying to figure out, yeah, how come some like, you know, 16 year old doesn't know who Cozy Powell is? No, I don't give a fuck either about it. They don't Can know. I tell you? I don't know who Cozy Powell is. You know, first of all, they got to. Really? Yeah, that? I don't know. Who, I don't know who Cozy Powell That's is. That's fine. That's all right. Uh, it's it's a different. If it's a, it's a drummer from a different era uh, of 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 rock, you know, it's a Rainbow and and, and Richie Blackmore and and he he had a great assemble. Ronnie James Dio singing and Cozy Powell. Everybody that that combination is it was unbelievable. My friend turned me on to it. He goes, "You got to listen to Rainbow Live." When you look at Rainbow and the singers that uh, Richie Blackmore would have, mm. when he had Dio, he had Graham Bonnet, 
Mm-hmm. He had Joel Lynn Turner. I mean, he had some really monster singers in that band. Did you guys watch the uh, documentary on Dio? Yeah. Not yet. It. No. It, yeah. Amazing. Jeff, you Did got you it. see it, Sean? It's on Showtime on demand. Mm. I went Walk to a theater. Select wow. seating at the theater only. Is oh, really? I went there. It was like, I was like, oh, okay. And they let they let the nursing home out. Everybody's like, let's go see Theo. <laughs> I'm like, what happened to our genre? We're going to fall in the, into the wings. Get the greatest hits of uh, Dionne James Theo. You know, we used to listen to the, the commercials back in the day. You get like, K-Tel Records. K-Tel Records, the Roaring Twenties. And my grandmother would walk uh, in and go, oh my God, I gotta get that record. Frank, do you remember the best ones were the R&B ones? And they're at there was a commercial where they're at a party, uh-huh. and you know, like all of a sudden, like the lights go down, they start playing the music, and like the Delphonics <laughs> come on, and then like you know, and then they'll start listening to all the records, and right. then at the end of the commercial, one guy goes, "Oh, that record was like off the hook or some shit like that." He goes, "Can I borrow it?" And he goes, "Oh no, my brother, you must get your own." Oh my God! My, lo- my favorite was the Freedom Rock one. Did you ever see the Freedom Rock one? What was what was the thing about Freedom Rock? I remember it was all Freedom Southern Rock. Rock, and but like there's certain parts of it. Like if you go to a show, okay, or like a cover band or whatever, if you hear them start playing "Sweet Home Alabama," some people will yell, "Turn it up!" in the middle. It's from the Freedom Rock commercial, and it was all about these Southern rocks, and they had these little tiny like like tidbits being thrown in. Like, so like whenever Skinner would play, they would be like, play some Skinner. And like, <laughs> it, it was so horrible, but it was a great, great compilation. I remember when you guys would go like to weddings when you were a little kid and you wanted to be cool and you go like to the band, you go, hey, you think you play Freebird? <laughs> no, Jeff, I never did that. <laughs> I never did that one, Jeff. Sorry. I, I still do that. <laughs> no, but I will tell you something funny that I think you'll appreciate. I may have said this on the show before, but. <laughs> Talking about going to, to DJs and stuff, uh, back in the day, one of the big things we used to do for bachelor parties was go to a place called Hot 22, which was on Route 22 in Union. And it was a strip club, a strip club fully nude, so you bring your own beer and whatever. Uh, they would do the treatment where you would get three songs. You'd pay the – it would be like 100 150 bucks, whatever. You know, everybody chips in, and the bachelor goes on stage. They take the belt off. They whip them. They pull the pants down. They spank them. It's all that stuff. You take three songs. You think three songs is 10 minutes, right? I know, big deal. My buddy was like, here's my bachelor party list. Number one, Rhyme and the Ancient Mariner, 20 minutes. <laughs> Number the two. live version. A change of seasons by Dream Theater. It's like sixty-seven minutes long. He's giving me this list for like two hours of getting oh, no. chipped out of him. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah. All right, guys. This this was a good one. This was, was a good one, man. This was a this was an interesting list and a, a good show. Frankie, yes, tell sir. us a little bit about where people can find you, what you're up to. Well, um, I'm doing it back into the the Caroline's comedy club closed down. Do you guys know that, right? Yeah, yeah, we heard. Did you go? Did you go to any, to any of the uh, last little parties at the end? There weren't really any uh, little parties. Party. I, know, I know there was one at, at the very end. Um, but I, you know, I wound up doing the um, uh, the New York Comedy Festival there uh, for the for oh, November. Oh, that's right. I saw it. How'd that go? Yeah. It went, went really well. So you know, that was a good memory for me to leave on. Oh man, that's. that's awesome. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to go now. How about you, Sean? Uh, no, I mean, I only were I only worked there once. I did this uh, program for uh, troubled Jewish youth mm-hmm. that uh, we taught them how to do stand up and ways to help them deal with their issues. 
Okay. Like I had one, I had one transgender uh, girl who transitioned to a boy. I had one girl who tried to commit suicide. I had a, a, a young boy who was a twin and like the other twin was like way better than him. You know, it's so uh-huh. like we, we taught them how to write jokes. Like we, we, oh, they, that's great. Hey, what do you want to talk about? And like, they would tell us like, okay, that's good. This is good. This is good. And then we did a big show at the end and you know we met like three times i think and then we did a show at caroline's all together like the teachers did it and then the kids did it in front of their parents and then we had uh gary goldman came up and, and wound up closing the show for us yeah, great wow excellent so it was a real, it was one of the best experiences i ever had in my life and that's the only experience i had at caroline's and i'm very happy about that so jeffrey what's the list now what's our read read down the list i, I lost track. okay so here's here's the list okay just you know one more time so number five, we had Taylor Hawkins. Uh-huh. Number four, we had Lars Ulrich. Okay. Number three, we had uh, Keith Moon. Mm-hmm. Number two, Neil Pert. Mm-hmm. And number one, from the Mighty Zeppelin, John Bonham. John Bonham. Yeah, there we I'm go. Solid. I'm solid with that. So what do you got? So what do you got going on, Frankie? Where can, again, uh, where can people find you? And what's going on with you? FrankieHudak.com. Uh, is the website uh, put list of shows up there? I'm starting my own show called Frankie Hudex Rock and Comedy Hour that's coming out next month, and uh, the, with stand up comics and rock rock guys that I know in the industry, and uh, that's it. And uh, I was gonna do a drum solo for you on my keyboard hand. You'll play us out with that, Sean. Right. What's what, you know, hopefully, Adam uh, is gonna stick to his New Year's uh, commitment and get these shows on pretty quick like he did the last one so um where could people find you seanmortoncomedy.com find me on social media sean morton on facebook and sean morton comic on instagram and we got tons of stuff coming up and jeff we're gonna have a bunch more shows together in the next few months so uh yeah folks you know we're gonna be together at uh catch a rise of star i'm looking forward to uh, hanging with you on that night be a lot of fun yeah, March third. So check yeah, that out. Is opening for me that night. Just so you guys, I am know. opening for him. Just I'm, I have, I have no problem with that. It's going to be fun. I would never open for you. Yes, you would. Never, never. Right venue, you yeah. absolutely would. You absolutely. You're so what dumb. right venue? What, what fucking bar in Brooklyn on a Wednesday night <laughs> with, no fucking, with no cover? Am I going to open? Sure. For sure. If, if I said let, let's, let's go to Blazing Saddles in the city, okay, you uh, would open for me. No. <laughs> oh my god. It's All right, a- Frankie, play us out. All right, I don't know. Is it? You hear that little loud in there? Is it the kick drum there? Every, you know, they always start out the, you know, the the, the solos. Are the- I think you got to point to the audience. The left side, <laughs> the right side. I can't hear you. <laughs> are you ready to rock? <laughs> I said, are you ready to rock? <laughs> That's so 80s. <laughs> Thank you! Way to play us out. Frankie Hudak, everybody. The great Frankie Hudak. All right, guys. Check us out. Subscribe. We appreciate it. All right. Thank you, Frankie. Thank you, Goodbye, guys. Sean. Thank Later. you, guys. My pleasure.